Welcome to the build-up on Balls.ie in association with Labrooks. Please bet responsibly. Visit dunlui.net for further information. Hello and welcome to the build-up here on Balls.ie where every week we look ahead to the biggest action of the sporting weekend in association, of course, with Labrooks. Of course, we're going to talk about rugby today, this week today because there is a slight matter this weekend of the Pro 14 final between Leinster and Munster. There's also another Six Nations game to happen, but it's all pales in comparison slightly to what happened last weekend and just shows you how uh, healthy and exciting and brilliant rugby is at the moment. Delighted, as always, to be joined by Stephen Ferris, uh, Labrooks ambassador, As we every time we talk about rugby, Stevie. Um, look, I mean... We talked last week. You picked Ireland. Everyone, like, you know, hands up in case anybody wasn't listening. Um, Stevie picked Ireland to win this game. But I don't know if anybody's seen the performance coming as uh, as good as it was and it looked like everything came together. So that excitement brings us into Saturday night where we watch uh, Wales and France play out an absolute classic, one of the most memorable games of all time for Wales to lose a Grand Slam in the 82nd minute uh, of play. Um, and just one of those... We talked last week about how good the Six Nations was outside of possibly the Italy games, and it all it, like it outdid itself even last weekend. Yeah, it did. Like just full of drama, full of um, controversial refereeing decisions, full of um, inaccuracies from both sides, lack of discipline. Um, I thought it was just a, a crazy game of rugby. I'm not sure how long it actually lasted for. If you take all the breaks of play mm. um, and the clock being stopped, like it felt like I was sitting in front of the TV for for an eternity. <laughs> well, I probably I actually was because it was in front of the TV from about midday, tuning into all the games. But it was the first yeah. weekend that I actually was able to call all three games. You know, went Scotland minus twenty five, Wales plus eight, and Ireland plus two. And it's the first time that actually you know come the last game and teams are starting to find a bit of form getting used more to the the atmosphere and not having uh, the crowd there um playing full strength teams and uh yeah just getting a bit of momentum behind them it's amazing that you know the odds sort of um fall away again um and we'll yeah. probably see more of that and just getting into this weekend's game like it's it's brilliant that last weekend's six nations has been backed up with uh, another Six Nations match, of course, with France and Scotland, but also the Pro 14 final, um, and it's sure to be a good one. Like, in, you know, I'm expecting De Lande, World Cup winner Chris Farrell, um, you know, Irish international in the centres. Who are they going to go up against? Is Leo Cullen going to stick with the, you know, the so-called uh, A team um, for Leinster and play Scott Penny and play Ross Byrne and uh, play Dave Carney, or is he going to draft in all these Irish internationals again? So. Uh, a lot's going to hinge on betting around this game when it actually comes to team selection, Mick, I think. Yeah. Um, I, I know that, you know, we always talk about that going into any game, but more so this one because of uh, both teams have big European Cup games the following week. Um, and, you know, it, it's a cup final for me, so I think both teams will play their strongest team. Uh, both sides will play their strongest teams, albeit the strongest 23 there might be a few lads like Tag Furlong might start on the bench. You know, he'd, mm. be, he'd be brought on. Michael Bent has played 80, 90% of the Pro 14 games. He hasn't looked out of place. He's played really well. So I think there's a couple of decisions where Leo Collin might stick with the guys who have started, but also have that experience to come off the bench um, if needed. Yeah. Yeah, it's a tough one for the positions like Tighthead where 
both players, uh, both first choice players were away and someone like Michael Bent plays nearly every game. You know, it's a, it is a weird one then if suddenly the, the uh, Furlong and Porter are on the bench. But just going back to Ireland briefly, um, we don't need to talk about it too much. It, it is over now. It's been analysed. But I suppose it was more than a win and there's definitely mitigating circumstances in England's performance for sure. But did we see something in Ireland's performance, attacking game plan in particular, that is sustainable, that when they get together, which looks like it's going to be November, unfortunately, it doesn't look like there's going to be a summer tour this year, If if even if there was, a lot of the first-choice um, players would be on the line, so it's a long way to go. But did you see enough that would suggest that this improvement, this uh, this change of emphasis, I suppose, in attack will be a sustainable, or was it something that England were there for the taking and they took them? Uh, England were there for the taking, absolutely they were there for the taking. England were, were very poor, uh, discipline cost them again. Um, they couldn't get into a flow at all. They looked shell-shocked when Ireland went ahead of them. But you got to give credit to Ireland. Like, you know, they capitalised on um, on that momentum that they built up during the game and they kept the foot down. Their big game players um, came to fruition. Tyke Furlong and, and, and Co. at scrum time really dominated. Um, the Irish bench as well. When they come on, they made a bit of an impact. Where the the opposite opposite seemed to happen with with England, and yeah, like isn't it amazing? You you may be going, oh, geez, were Ireland actually really good, or were England just atrociously bad? And yeah. Ireland just you know had a good day at the office. A couple of those passes, you know, stuck. Got the the rub of the green with the referee and. I'm not so sure. I think there was a bit of evolution with them, with the, the the way that they were playing. You know, the link play was tremendous at times. The link play between the back rowers, um, just the tip on passes, um, coming up with. A, I know I talked to you before, Mick, about you know coming up with set plays, offset piece that actually get in behind teams. And of course, Ireland ball over the top to Jack Conan, knocked down back into Keith Earls, and they score a try off it. If that was Joe Smith, you'd be saying, "Oh, geez, Joe Smith. He's you know he's watched hundreds of hours of." Video footage anal- analyzing England and seeing that there's a gap there at the back of the line out, and you know they've rehearsed that 500 times of training this week. Blah blah blah. You know that wasn't really mentioned with Andy Farrell like mm. after the game. It was just like, oh, it was a brilliant move. Um, but yeah, the, they need more of that um, to get them get those small um, breaks in behind and half line breaks that I always talk about. Uh, um, and, and putting the the defence on the back foot. So no, I, I think Ireland played well. Yeah. But the, the good thing, Mick, is that I, I think they can play even better. And good. That's that's the positive thing I think coming out of that game. Yeah, I thought it's funny you mentioned Andy Farrell and maybe not getting credit for something like that. You know, pick, picking those um, picking those moves out, but also the team selection. There was six changes. Three of them were enforced. But still, six changes going into a last game, you know, on, off the back of two wins, albeit not that impressive against Scotland, bringing back Stockdale kind of from the cold, you know, not that he had like the greatest game of all time, but was, was you know, had, had, had a good game. And bringing back Conor Murray, I think in particular, when he didn't bring him on even last week, we're kind of scratching our head going, if he's, if he's ready, how come he wasn't brought on last week, so on and so forth. But it seemed like it, he just made all the right calls, it seems to me. And we wanted maybe Ty Byrne to be in the back row, but Jack Conan came in and had the game of his life. You know, it, it worked out well. It was There were some brave calls made by him. Yeah, there was brave calls, but I was excited about the, the team selection. And Conor Murray, wow, what a performance. Like, yeah. uh, Mario Toji has been giving the scrum halves so much trouble. 
during this Six Nations has been getting in their head, uh, albeit giving away a few penalties at the same time. But he didn't get close to Conor Murray all day. And Conor Murray's box kicks were, it's not like they were going out on the 22 or, you know, just beyond the 22. He was knocking them close to the halfway line, a couple of them over the halfway, just relieving pressure. Um, we all know how good he is with his box kick and, and the way that Ireland have been wanting to play. That's why Gibson Park has possibly been given that opportunity because he likes to make those sniping runs, um, you know, can carry the ball a bit more, uh, seems to get on the end of a bit more than Conor Murray too. So, but like, there's a lot to be said, Mick, for, for being able to relieve pressure and put your team in the right areas, isn't there? And, and those contestable box kicks that he put up as well, just just absolutely ridiculous. And for a player who's been out of the game for, you know, in, in and out of the game for quite a, a period of time, I thought he was mm. uh, close to being man of the match, in my opinion. He, he, he was so good. So it's brilliant to have him back. And the other decisions, obviously, I would have loved to have seen Will Connors um, get get another get another go, but unfortunately, injury is, is not. Mm. I thought he was maybe um, slipping into Lions contention after yeah, that game previously. But Jack Conan, you have to hand it to him. Um, a really good display by him, and everything just seemed to gel quite well. There was there was never any panic uh, amongst the guys, and uh, you know, going forward, you no know, Ireland are going to win a. You know, all the Irish fans out there now, you know, thinking that Ireland are going to win every game going forward <laughs> just because they beat the World We're going to win the World Cup, Stevie. Come on. Uh, yeah, yeah. We're going to win. <laughs> so uh, they're, they're going to be under pressure at times, um, for sure. So um, I'm interested to see how they're going to keep evolving over, over the coming months uh, and years. But it's brilliant that we're able to talk in positive light about some of the players that have maybe been written off. Um, yeah. Like Conor Murray, like Johnny Sexton, like Jacob Stockdale, um, like Keith Earls, um, definitely uh, Ian Henderson, also just a, a big, big uh, game player, and he was superb um, since he made that bit of an impact against Wales in the first game. So, yeah, the, the future's looking good here for the Lions, and um, a few uh, a few months time when it's announced. Definitely, yeah, and we'll talk about that in advance. Last question on Ireland, then we'll get on to the to the Pro Fourteen final and the Friday night's game as well was. Robbie Henshaw had one of those types of performances, especially when things weren't going great at the start of the game, when England were on top. And it just reminded me of, like, that's the type of talismanic performance that lifts players that you usually get from a forward, I always find. Like, you had games like that, I remember. You know, CJ will have had games like that. You know, Paul O'Connell. But the person that it reminded me of in that, like, even thinking back to the Grand Slam um, year in 09 against England was... Brian O'Driscoll, like, you know, and I don't, they're not the same players in any way, but that kind of, like, lifting an entire team by doing, leading by example on the pitch. And, like, he had four or five plays in, like, in the space of about five minutes that were just unbelievable. Henshaw has been has been playing very well all season, and he's been getting plaudits for it rightly. But he had one of those games that stepped him up to a new level at the weekend, at least, at least I think, in public consciousness, if maybe not in for, for rugby analysts. Yeah, I'm not sure. You might want to release the the name of the hair dye that he's using. Like, <laughs> it seems to be giving him uh, seems to be giving him a bit a bit of an edge. Like every time I see him pop up on screen, like my wife said said to me the weekend, "Who's that fellow with the really black hair?" I was like, "Oh, it's Robbie Henshaw." I was just like, oh, "That's crazy black," and I was like, "Oh yeah, no." And then she like she walked on. Um, but yeah, I think all the lads, uh, a bit of a few rumors coming out that are a bit of just for men down there, but fair, fair, <laughs> fair, 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 f
He's playing so, so, well. so well. He's playing with confidence. I think he's he's fit. He's fit as a flea. Like he's getting That's around it. the pitch. He's getting back up off the deck, back in the defensive line, um, making big hits. He looks like his pace is there. Also, you know that's been questioned at times as well, uh, playing in the centre. But uh, yeah, we haven't seen all his passing attributes and his ability with ball in hand of, of, of being a distributor. But that'll come. But he's been setting the tone for Ireland. I thought you know he was a bit of a crash ball uh, option in the Scotland game, but that's mm. what that, that's the game plan that they were going after, and I'm being very very direct and. He was uh, was superb at that. So, no, um, I think he's been, if there was a man of the series for Ireland, like in the Six Nations, Robbie Henshaw would probably be um, one of a few that's uh, that's certainly in there. Yeah, and it opens up the questions as to what Ireland's best centre partnership is again, because he probably took a lot of the ring rose mantle by moving outside. And look, these are all questions to have, and I suppose we'll see the, t- the pair possibly for Leinster, um, Later in the season, I don't think Ringrose is going to make uh, this weekend. Although I'm not sure, actually. Um, this you, you set this up lovely because you've been bigging up Munster all year and it is some of their fringe players that aren't quite at international level yet that have probably brought them just up a level this season and have brought them closer to Leinster. But, you know, Leinster will still have, I think they had 11 players starting the Scotland game. I'm not sure how many it was against England. If everybody does come back in, Leinster will still have the class, the experience, etc. But Munster do have that X factor of we don't know how good good these guys can be yet. So it is, you know, the seven point is probably fair. As you said, team selection will tell a lot. But we don't know the day that it will all click for Munster and they could actually step up to that next level. Yeah, well, like just looking at the handicap, I think the last few games... Uh, between the between Munster and Leinster has been very very tight, um, yeah. and Leinster have only scored was it thirteen points in, in three of their four wins, uh, three of their last four wins against Munster, something like that, around that. So, you know, for, for me, Leinster are going to have to score more points than that to win this game. I, I feel that Munster plus seven is the bet all day long. Um, you know, when you've got Connor Murray come back in the form, Craig Casey, um, electric. Um, you know, you have good front row there with Cronin. Um, and, you know, if they can win good set-piece lineup all like they have done all season long, whether that's Billy Holland in there, Witcherly, um, you know, Klein, whatever way, way they want to go with it, they've got enough firepower in there. And uh, in the back row, I'm sure CJ Stander will be, you know, banging on Van Grand's door to let him play, let him play. But, you know, Coombs in there also. Mm. They, you know, the, there's so many guys that are that can that can certainly playing this final for Munster and rise to the challenge of Leinster. Um, and, and I feel they're in a really good position. And uh, I watched them. I was commentating over when they played uh, Edinburgh away from home. And they were just like some of the rugby that they were trying to play in the conditions. And it was like the last pass just nearly stuck. And everybody talking about, uh, you know, what way Munster are trying to change a wee bit as well with the new coaching regime and everything. And they that was the first time that I watched them went flipping hell. They actually are starting to play a bit of rugby yeah. here and um, starting to move the ball extremely well. So, yeah, but but I, I feel that they'll, they'll be able to turn on the par also. Um, that That's something that I feel that they, they'll, they'll almost match fire with fire with, with, with Leinster. Watching Leinster, you know, we've seen them pick and go so much against Ulster uh, a couple of weeks back and just banging on the line, banging on the line, scoring loads of mall tries. You know, you take away those mall tries and you take away those pick and go tries, 
then you give yourself a, a, a really good chance of, of, of beating them. And I think Munster won't be conceding too many easy scores. Mm. Amazing to think that CJ Sanders never won a trophy with Munster, that the last time they won was 2011. So, you know, this is his second last chance anyway, because they've got Europe to come. But what would you do at out half? Has Joey Carberry shown you enough that, that Munster just need to say, you know, it, it, it's this weird thing. Is that It's like what you're talking about with Michael Bent and, you know, the other side of the pitch, but players get you this far and maybe there isn't a huge amount of game time for Joey, but he has shown enough in the few weeks he's been back that he is their class 10 and, you know, everything they do good does often go through him when he's at his best. And has he shown enough to suggest that they have to throw him in from the start? He has, yeah, he has. Like, yeah. Mick, do you want to go and win the game or do you want to play conservatively and, and yeah. bring on Joey Carberry for 20 minutes and, you know, try and come back from 10 points or, or do you go out there and you actually try and take it to Leinster and try and win? Joey Carberry, if uh, if he's feeling good, like uh, a bit like CJ Stander, he'll be he'll be really wanting to play this match, start this match. Um, and yeah, of, of, of the game time that he's had, he's, he's looked pretty impressive, hasn't he? Um, he has, yeah. And, yeah, his game management in a big game. Obviously, that hasn't been tested, uh, what, in two years, like, from, from his injury. This is a big game. Uh, it'll be a good one for Andy Farrell to see, um, you know, if he, he can fill Johnny Sexton's boots when he's not available in Ireland. Um, and it's only a positive thing for Munster and for Ireland if he starts, comes through the game very well and also plays particularly well. Mm. So, yeah, I'm going for Joey Carberry to start this match for sure. Um, I think, you know, when you have such experience outside him and Dale Andy, he just does everything so well, so easily. Yeah. Just cruises around. He's so good looking. He's just he just annoys me. <laughs> <laughs> Another guy with black yeah, hair as well, like, you know. <laughs> perfect, perfect designer stubble. He looks like that guy in the advert. He lies in the, lies in the boat. And, uh, John Paul Goudier advert. He's lying in the boat. Like that's what he that's what he looks like. But uh, that's just me being jealous, of course. Uh, but no, he's he's been he's been brilliant, and you know Farrell as well. And then you've got Scannell. I, I think Monster Squad Mick is is really strong, isn't it? Yeah, really, really strong. Um, and yeah, I just fancy them. Like chatting to Quinny there, Alan Quinlan, you know, former Monster man, won a, a good few trophies with Monster over the years, and he's like Stevie. You know, five times in a row, in a row, we've lost against Leinster. Like it can't be six. You know, no, that's that's breaking history. So yeah, um, yeah I think everybody in Munster fans and everybody are excited for this one. Yeah, absolutely. They do seem to have a lot of the players coming back into form. You mentioned Murray and Earls. You mentioned like the 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 farewell tour that we're all on for CJ at the moment. And but uh, I don't know. It, it is one of those things where you don't want to write off the, the some of the some of the players that Leicester have some of the best in the world. So you're going for plus seven anyway, regardless yeah. of who who's going to win the game. You think that's the one to look for? Monster yeah. plus seven. Okay, can't wait for it. It's going to be brilliant on Saturday evening. Before that, though, really briefly, we do have Friday night. Well, so the the story is. France have to beat Scotland by a bonus. They have to score a bonus point. They, they have to win by 21 points. Unless they score, uh, get a bonus, unless they score six tries, in which case they only have to win by 20. So no problems there. Uh, this isn't the Scotland team that you, like, as much as that we've laughed about them and they're flattered to deceive and they've been Scotland all the way through, they're also not a team I just assume France are going to go out and beat by 20 points. Like Maybe a few years ago, Mick, like. Um... Yeah. I don't. I don't think France are going to win by twenty-one points. Like I definitely don't. Um, I think it could actually play into Scotland's hands because Scotland mm. could be a, a pretty loose side also. And the looser that you become, 
um, it's all the, the really good, rigid, pragmatic teams who play against Scotland usually do very well, i.e. Ireland, um, who have such a good record against against Scotland over the last, what, seven years, six or seven years. So, you know, if France just think that they're going to go out here and play UAE rugby and, um, you know, score, I've no doubt they'll score a few tries and they'll, and they'll make big uh, dents in the Scotland defence, but... You know, they're missing a few players, new second row combination. Um, Fiku's moved to the wing. Um, so, yeah, a bit of disruption there. Entomax in, Jolly Bear's out, he's out injured. Yeah. So it's not all plain sailing here for, for, for France. Um, but, yeah, look, of course, I'm going to go for France to win this game. Scotland are missing a few lads also. France to win the game, but, but Wales to win the championship. And you would have got good odds for that at the start of the tournament. Absolutely, a fifteen-point handicap, um, which you think the, e- even the fifteen versus the twenty-one, you think on Labrooks, you think they'll struggle to get that high. It's a good one, isn't it? Because it is yeah. that it is that where they'll be pushing for that last try, but possibly not make it. That they'd be around about fifteen. Do you know what? There's been so much craziness in this Six Nations that on the eighty-third minute, we're in the red. Um, Scotland are behind by fourteen points. And France need a converted try to win it. You can you, you can see it like it, it's it's just the whole tournament has been done. Scored um, a try and missed the conversion. Yeah, score <laughs> comes off the post or something, or you know a last minute penalty to, to get the twenty one points. But yeah, here a draw on the handicap of twenty five to one. That's probably there you not go. a bad shot. Um, there you go, thirty three to one actually. We're uh, for for, for that one. Yeah, yeah, we've got even a few a few extra ones to go with that. So yeah. Um, it's it's just going to be fun to watch. I think um, I'm really looking forward to it. You know, you just the the you never know aspect with Scotland as well. Like I mean, it wouldn't be beyond them to just go to Paris and, and win after throwing away a Six Nations. But um, either way, it's going to be fun. Uh, very briefly, I just have to mention because I've been banging on about it for ages. And look, you got you got you got to be honest when it goes against the other way. Before the tournament started, I did mention my forty to one Wales Grand Slam. It was very very close to it, but. In fairness to you, not only did you dismiss that as bullshit, which you know looked a bit iffy, <laughs> which looked a bit iffy, you also did say one of your major predictions for the tournament was that there would no would be no Grand Slam winner. So it was a double whammy for you when Doolan went over in after eighty three minutes. <laughs> in the corner. Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, it just just for anybody that's watching or, or tuning in, like uh, on on the betting side of things, the handicap on the points. It changes so much, Mick, during the week. Like some of the Six Nations games were starting at maybe, say, seven points. And when it came to kickoff, it was four. And we all know yeah. how tight the Six Nations games were. There was, what, eight, eight, eight of the games or something came within within a score. So, mm. like, you know, the one or two points in the handicap. And that's why I think, just sorry to go back on the no, that's fine. on the, the Leinster-Monster game. Like, it's, it's plus seven, seven points at the minute. I think that'll narrow down massively towards uh, towards the weekend, but that's 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 just a point on on the handicap and the bet, especially when teams are announced and everything else. But yeah, it was good for me personally at, at the weekend to actually uh, get a few bets come in uh, for for a change in the Six Nations. But I'm gonna go for it to go out the window again. Friday night, uh, it's Friday night, isn't it, Scotland? Friday night, yeah. Friday, good night for Friday, Friday night lights and uh, and France to, to give it a hell of a go. Do you know what? I would love to see France do it. I would. Like yeah, 2010 no was the last time they won the competition. I would love to see them do it. Um, but I just uh, 21 points in international matches is, is a lot. 
It's a big, big ask. Yeah, well, we'll see. They have a chance of it anyway. Thanks so much, Steve. We really, really appreciate you uh, being with us for look, an entire a long out run of uh, games now as well. So, And we've just got the small matter of the Heineken Cup coming up now next week, so it never, it never ends. So thanks very much. Of course, if you're having a bet at all, we're having a bit of fun talking about odds and trying to do predictions, but it is only a bit of fun. So please always gamble responsibly and visit unlouis.net for more information. We'll be back with more build-up later in the week. We've got a very special show, a new show coming up with uh, Jason Quigley, um, also in association with Ladbrokes, that we're really looking forward to bringing you. And we'll have more, of course, build-up with Stevie Heineken Cup. Again, the rugby never stops. We'll also be putting in some football there because it is International Week. There's a lot of Ireland stuff going on. We'll be talking Kevin Doyle. So do join us here. We'll be back. Mm -hmm.